There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, everyone. We are back for another episode of the Yonko table. I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, and we are finally here, six weeks in, at the grand finale of season one, just one, of Loki. And we're going to get into why this is only about season one. But before we dive deep into this grand finale of Loki, I, of course, have with me my fellow Yonko Grandmaster, who, Grandmaster, how have you been as always? I'll tell you what, Dr. Jace, we finally reached the point where I'm really good talking about this show. Really good. I feel we finally reached the point where I'm excited, I'm satisfied. And on top of that, I had a great day. I got a pedicure. Uh, my toes look great. So Fancy. Way wow. to, how better to cap the day than this podcast today? <laughs> so I'm happy to be here. Dr. Jace, thank you. Fantastic. Fan- no, no cheese grater this time? I did get a cheese grater. I did. Oh, okay. Again, my feet are gross. <laughs> well, not anymore. But yes, they cheese grated my feet. Yes. That's what we go for pedicures, man. That It's their job. It's their yeah, job. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, with us, as always, we have next Dr. Rika. Dr. Rika, you caught up. You caught up in two days, less than two days. I did. Because last time I was here, I hadn't watched anything at all. So this morning, I binged it all. So I may have maybe a different perspective on how I felt just watching it in six hours or or so compared to y'all coming week by week. But I'm excited. This was exciting. Uh, I'm happy to see where the MCU is going. And yeah, this is super cool. All excitement. That's right. That's right. Next up, Supernova, Dars. Dars, my man. I know you're excited for sure. I'm excited to see what the future has in store for for the MCU. But um, I can't wait to dive into loki as a series as a whole you know so right that, that is something we have to tackle how did this series fare on its own rather than what it set up because it did set up a lot of cool stuff but mm-hmm. what about itself just by itself we have uh emmys coming up too so we gotta see yes. compares to the uh the others we do we do um next up supernova toasty toasty it's been a while how you been man um yeah it's been a while been busy but i've been great um today i had a pretty good day didn't really do anything then i realized i forgot to do something so (laughs) once we're done with this podcast i'm quickly gonna have to go do something but apart from that great day are you are you wearing an xbox shirt because it's green because of team loki or (laughs) was it not that creative I didn't even think about it (laughs) i didn't even think about it It was something i put on the last minute it fits there we go yeah perfect all right all right and last but not least we have supernova rose the crafter rose how'd you feel about this well i came back hungry but now i wish i was in a timeline where i did not learn that grandmaster hoop has to (laughs) cheese grate his feet (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so I have mixed feelings about how this show is going to go. But right. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be here. I am representing PlayStation. So my new rival, Toasty. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? It's going to be that kind of day. But no, I enjoyed the series. I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to dive in. I enjoyed the finale and I'm ready to dive in and talk more about it. All right. All right. Well, hey, let's let's go straight into it. Loki, the big question on everyone's mind. Did the end of Loki justify the means? Now, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I loved episode six. It was there were a couple things had a couple problems with here and there. But overall, compared to everything else we got before, to me, at least, this was the best episode we had so far. Um, aside from that, did it really need us to take four to five ish episodes to get to something like this? I don't think it needed to. I don't know. What what do you guys think? Because I'm thinking this probably should have been a series uh, that was maybe maybe three to four episodes with how dragged out the first three to four episodes were like up until episode six. I'm just going to kick it off saying this. I don't think anyone had an idea that we would get a season two out of this series. Did not. So with that said, I know we were very critical this whole entire series um, about how they dragged a lot of the storylines, a lot of the big questions out. And the fact that we're getting a season two, looking back, it, it kind of makes sense that it was kind of dragged out. They're not giving us all the pieces and answering all the questions right away. So with that reveal of season two is greenlit, it's coming whenever it may come. Uh, I'm, I'm looking back at the earlier episodes in a new light and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so bad because where we are in the finale and everything they've given us in the finale, I, I honestly think um, it was worth the ride. It was worth the ride because I think the finale delivered on all fronts, not even just talking about the greater MCU, but I really just looked at it too from our main leads of Loki and Sylvie. And I really liked where their characters ended up by the end of the episode. I really liked the interplay between them. And I'm, 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 I think the means justified the end. There you go. We made it to the end. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly. You thoroughly enjoyed everything, like from the beginning up until the end? I take Is back every negative thing I ever back, said. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, maybe not every negative thing, but. Because, I mean, we're forgetting the first couple episodes I'm taking, have problems. I'm taking, a, I'm taking back a lot of my negative things about the story points. There you go. Okay. Characters okay. still have problems, but whatever. Like the writing of the characters. But story-wise, they're thinking long game. This whole time we thought they were talking short game. Mini series. However, this is a series now. So I was premature. <laughs> Of course. What about everyone else? I, I, I'm itching to see um, what you all think. I feel like we're all I in did, different places with this. I do not agree. Uh, it did not justify it. Um, <laughs> the ending was pretty good, but the show dragged on too much. And it got boring halfway too. And I feel like you lost a bunch of fans because of what happened in the middle of the show. That didn't get to enjoy the, the good ending. So no, it's not justified whatsoever. What they need to do next season is keep up the pace a little bit more give us something new 
because there were a couple episodes. I remember a couple weeks ago when we did one of the episodes, but it was the mid-season finale. We struggled to talk about it because there was almost nothing to talk about. No, yeah, so they need, true. Yeah, they need to they need to do a better job. And again, we give them a pass at the first season. And based on the ending, I am excited though because I feel like that's what's going to lead to Doctor Strange, the next Doctor Strange movie. Uh, because of the multiverse stuff that they have going on, but apart from that, no, man. Like it was a good ending, but the struggle to get there was not worth it. It's like climbing a hill, getting to the top of a mountain, and realizing it's cloudy and you don't get to a beautiful view. That's what we got. Yes, the journey was good, and we still made it to the top, but we didn't get the view that we wanted. It's still cloudy at the end of the day. So okay. hopefully, season two can fix that. I want to piggyback off of uh, what Tosi just said, because I'm actually really conflicted. Uh, I enjoyed the finale and the series as a whole. I look back on it and appreciate it a little bit more. I don't retract as much as Grandmaster Hoop may retract some of my thoughts about <laughs> some of the pacing. You're not going to retract everything. I'm not going to retract everything. <laughs> um, I will retract a little bit because of the bigger picture, but will I allow that to kind of cloud since there's a bigger picture with Marvel and, and I think the finale did a big job of opening that lid and kind of confirming some things slash showing us some things for what the universe looks like um, made the show heighten itself a little bit more but when you strip away that and just say okay did it did it justify its means um, I agree with Toasty we finished still with a whole lot of questions a lot of excitement, but we still finished with a whole lot of questions, which has been the theme of this whole show is that every time we finish an episode, we have a slew of questions that we have no answer to. Now, we got some answers to some questions that we can talk about later, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions from the show, period, <laughs> that we still don't know. I'm still standing on the hill that they are not both Loki. That Sylvie is Sylvie and Loki's Loki. Get off that hill. Get off there's that nothing, hill. There's nothing that can convince me otherwise. They did not even, answer it. Even we'll the new character. Even they the new character it. that was in. Talk, he we said We can talk about Loki. it later. We can talk about it later, but it was still not confirmed based on a line that came after that line as okay. well. So I'm standing on that hill until the wheels fall off. But I did enjoy the finale. Um, did it justify? That means I'm very conflicted because part of me wants to say, yes, it did because of the bigger picture knowing that there's a second season coming um, makes uh, puts it in a slightly different light, but it's still a standalone season uh, and it's still left us with a lot of questions. So the story's not finished yet. And that's the toughest thing to deal with trying to critique this is that there's a whole nother story that's left in a whole nother universe to dive into, which might make this show uh, two years from now look like it was hitting everything on it, every nail on the head from what it's trying to show us. So too early to tell okay okay and, and and i think we do need to address that whole season two thing because what if we weren't even confirmed to get a season two were we going to stand on this same hill and say that the ends justify the means when for all we knew if there was no season two like um announcement at the very end was this was this just a, a setup to future Marvel properties, like your Spider-Mans, your Doctor Strange. So, well, the end would have been completely different if there was no season two. But that's the thing, the the season, like, I, I mean, in the sense that if you didn't wait until the end credit scene, you wouldn't even know if there was gonna be a season two. You know, you see that stamp at the very end, come on. 
Come they on. Left on a huge cliffhanger. They left on a huge you cliffhanger. Didn't that. You didn't need that mid credit scene. But that could have been addressed in another future Marvel property because all the shows up until now, we have not, we are confirmed we are not getting a WandaVision season two. We are not getting a Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier season two. We are getting a movie, but not a season two. With this one, they had to straight up tell us, guys, don't worry, you're getting a season two. So all those questions that you had, they will be addressed. Don't worry, we're, we're getting there. So I feel like that needs to be addressed as well because they, I felt like Marvel kind of knew in a way up until this point that the show, the first half was really slow. And by the time people got to the end, they needed that reassurance that guys, don't worry, you are getting a season two. So, I mean, I'm gonna be more critical of a season two when it comes out. I'm gonna be way more critical. They cannot pull the same thing that they did with season one where the pacing is like at a snail's pace in the very beginning. And then the big reveals are at the very end. I'm going to be judging it way harsher episode one. If they don't come out swinging, I don't know, man. Loki season two might even be worse than season one. But that's assuming they do the same thing that they did in season one. I'm assuming they won't. I'm going to go ahead and chime in here. Um, I personally... I don't really know if the ends necessarily justify the means, but that ending was pretty awesome. It does give us an idea of where Marvel's going. It kind of like confirms some of our suspicions as to like multiverse of madness and, and all that craziness. But to be honest with you, all these episodes that kept on like going on, we kept on hyping them up and hyping up theories and stuff based off of like things that we knew, but the episodes themselves it was kind of hard to kind of like get into and kind of like keep our attention going. It was building up to something that wasn't necessarily a huge buildup in my opinion for that show. Maybe for MCU as a whole, but for that show, not so much. And there are a lot of like open-ended questions like um, what happened to Renslayer? What happened to like all this other stuff? So like we can dive into a little bit more of that later. I... Don't know if I'm going to go back and rewatch all of the episodes of Loki just to kind of get the show, but that's just my opinion. Maybe it'll change after the pod. Um, yeah, let's let's hear it. Okay, okay. Uh, real quick, Dr. Rika, I know you had a different experience watching this show than us because we were watching it weekly. So yes. we were left on cliffhangers and like <laughs> one episode at a time. We had to just really squeeze the juices out of each one. So you binged it in practically a day. So what was your thoughts on that? Like, what was, did you feel like some episodes were slow or they kind of blended together? Um, what I was gonna say, it's so interesting to hear y'all kind of recount your experiences and watching the show week by week. Uh, and I also know that you've been on the podcast discussing it uh, because my experience was very different. Um, kind of going into it, I was like, okay, like, I've avoided all spoilers possible. So I knew there were like variants, but I didn't even know what that meant. So anything that I'd seen out of context doesn't make sense. So I was basically going in like knowing nothing. Um, and it went by pretty quickly for me. I think everything flowed in a way that made sense. I didn't think the pacing was off like in binging it. Um, I think it was very exposition heavy, which if you're gonna try to describe timelines and multiverses and just all of this it feels like that would make sense although at times i could agree with like okay if i was watching this week by week maybe i'd be like me cooling my hair out just like get to the point 
Right. But watching it in six hours, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's connected to that. Oh, I'm on to the next episode. They just discussed that. So it's very fresh in my mind, like that concept or that point. Um, so I didn't find it tedious watching it. I kind of reflect back on some of our criticisms with Falcon and Winter Soldier, where we felt like everything was rushed in the end. Um, so it's very interesting now that hearing you all experiencing it as being too slow. Um, and I'm wondering what balance we kind of want within our series. And this is not a critique of y'all. It's just like, what do we want no, from it's... Marvel? Because like, I, for me personally, I'd rather things be too slow than too fast, because at least I can hang on to and understand what's going on if it's moving too slow versus me being upset if it goes too fast and isn't really resolved. Now, of course, there's still some unanswered questions like Rosa Crafter said that I'm like, okay, where, where are y'all going with this? But I think binging it maybe gave me a bit of like, I don't know, like an advantage. We'll put quotes around that right. because I because it didn't feel tedious watching it. I was like, okay, this is cool, connecting. We get to the end and it's this huge finale that's super exciting. So I didn't, I had a completely different experience. Right. And, and no, that was something that we mentioned before, too. Mm -hmm. uh, like we were saying, you know, is this more of a bingeable show, even like by episode three or four? Because just there were some episodes that kind of dragged on. And I, I mean, it, it's interesting that you bring up just how this was more of a slow paced show. But at the same time, you binging it all at once. And that made the show a bit more digestible. So so I have a question. Is it do you think this would have been better as a movie instead of a six episode series or definitely definitely a show. This definitely this, a show. Okay. Definitely a show. Because I feel like as a movie, we I mean, I think we kind of talked about it with um uh Black Widow in our Black Widow episode where we right. wanted something like that to be a show because you have all these different elements that need to be explained with Loki. I do like that it was a show because it's introducing a new element into the MCU and that's time travel. Uh, well, I guess not really time travel because we had time travel in uh, Endgame and- uh, Time I guess control, they're controlling time, control. time. Right, a new element to time control, right? So I feel like they needed those episodes to really explain what was going on and how the rules work, but there was just some fat that needed to be trimmed in some of these episodes. Like they needed to get to the point, or in some cases, they were kind of just uh, repeating some of the same story beats with um, certain characters. Like um, I would say like Mobius and Loki, like, you know, for episode one, we wanted to see how they interacted with each other. And we realized, hey, their chemistry works really well. I like that you, you, you really can't trust Loki and, you know, what scheme he's going to be planning for a future betrayal or a coup that he might initiate. But, um, yeah, I, I do agree that this, sh this should have been a show. I like it as a show, but Marvel needs to figure out how they're going to tackle season two. Cause they can't do, for me, at least, uh, they can't do the same thing with, um, season two as they did with season one. I don't know. I felt like it should have been a deep hum. A Disney Plus original movie. <laughs> oh Disney my God! Plus. Don't say we that. we were a under the, we were under expectation Are we that, that it term? was yeah DCOM. Jeez, we were under that's fine. Oh, we Lord. were under the impression that it was only one season, and so I'm I'm sure that impacted how we were critiquing everything from a week by week basis because we kept saying, okay, when are we going to answer to some of these questions? Because we thought of this as another one off um season to go ahead right. and plot loki or set up the cinematic universe of what marvel has 
And so from that perspective, it made sense for us to say, this is really, really slow because we're not getting any development that's gonna really contribute, at least we think, to the Marvel Universe in a very dynamic way at this point. And so when we're coming off of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which ended so full of too much that it kind of, you know, it kind of hurt itself by packing everything at the end. We kind of got a little scared about how slow it's going to the point where the finale, I was thinking in my mind, are they going to try to pack everything? Like this is the last episode. It's only 40 minutes. You know, it's no big runtime. I'm like, how are they going to wrap this season up? And that was with the thought that there's no season two coming. So what are they going to do? That's going to be so big and wrap it up. And I kind of had a fear they were going to pack anything, everything. But once I realized it was a season two, then it was like, okay, this makes a hint more sense to me. Um, because had it not been a season two, we would have we would have had the similar issue that we had from Captain Captain Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, I would like to say, and Winter Soldier. Ah, so. yes. <laughs> um, hey, you know what we should do? Let's address the big elephant in the room, right? Kachow. <laughs> yes, Kachow. Where was okay. where was light? No, no. But but <laughs> but with with what happened in this episode, there's infinite possibilities. So mm-hmm. you never know. It could happen. I'm I'm counting on Shrek appearing. But anyways, he who remains, the big. I was gonna say baddie, but he's not really a baddie. He's like the big new character introduced. Who do we think he is? You what do know? you mean? <laughs> He's he Kang, is right? who he is. He's Kang. He's, He's Kang. Kang. Okay, okay. It's Kang. I was just being right. vague because I didn't know people were reading the notes before watching, so I just told him <laughs> he who remains. It's Kang. I mean, he he even said it. He was like. Some call me a conqueror, and I'm I, like, that's when it clicked. I'm like, okay, they, he's he's hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, he never Kang. said the name. He never said the name. Right. Right. Uh, he was like, because he's like, what's a name? You know. Uh, <laughs> But it's him, man. And I, I honestly, I, I kind of like geeked out a bit when they showed him sitting there because if you're a fan of Jonathan Majors, again, we didn't know he was going to be in the series because he was only he was only announced for Ant Man and the Wasp. So the fact right. that he, you know, they're they're smart how they did that. You know, they say, oh, he's going to appear in this, having already known he's going to be in Loki, because you know, they filmed they finished and filmed Loki well before. Uh, that announcement that he was going to be in Ant-Man and Wasp. So kudos to them. Um, they could have revealed we... that. I'm glad they didn't. Because yeah, that yeah, they, be, they yeah. totally could have. They totally could have. Was it predictable? <laughs> yes. Yes, it we was. We were saying, predictable as in we knew it we was knew Kang. We knew it was going to be Kang. We knew it was going to be From Kang. the beginning, we knew it was Kang. We were dropping Kang. It was theories. a theory. It was a theory. Like we, we thought we of it. Plenty of Kang Wait, theory. Actually, but so obvious. That Mobius. Then we think that Mobius was Kang for a while, though. Not me. Oh, no. no. Not me. Never. Nobody said that. I thought we talked about that. I think there I was remember. someone saying that we thought Mobius was going to be like Lightning McQueen. I, there was that. <laughs> but I remember yeah, there was, was that. there That's was something. I know what Tosi's talking about because there was someone. I remember who, but it was somewhere where it was said like one of us was thinking that Mobius was going to be behind a lot of this. Whether it's a variant or the main one, I don't know. But I, I do know remember that. Dars alluded to the Lokis being in charge at uh, one point. And then Dr. Jace, you alluded to the whole Otzel thing with Jack and Daxter. 
That was with um, the timekeepers. Which, I know we, yeah. as a whole, we were all I, over the place. We said yeah, a lot of stuff. I thought that it was going to be Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch. Ah, that one too. Being the timekeepers, right? But it was all the ruse. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we were just in that that uh, weird place where we didn't want to believe it was going to be Kang, because that would be easy for Marvel to pull the fake out, which they easily could have done here. I was expecting all- it. I was expecting it. I'm so used to it. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm glad they didn't know. I, I'm glad right. that the they went with the predictable route because it was still as exciting as if not knowing anything about it. So, okay, okay. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be one of those things where it was like a doctor, uh, not Doctor Oz, um, the Wizard Doctor of Oz, Me. where it's like the the man behind the curtain. We didn't get to see who the big bat like person was at the end until like they step out from behind the curtain it's like oh, it's kang but it was cool that like we got a whole episode full of um of kang you know just being there and just talking and his quirkiness like i didn't really expect kang to be like as quirky and eccentric as that variant of kang is. well that, i think that's the beauty of it is because you know he alludes and here we could go ahead and start talking about everything he talked about Right. Uh, one thing he talked about, you know, was that this all started because they, the Kangs, found each other in their own universes. They found infinite universes and say, why am I not talking to these other Kangs? If I'm so smart, let me go talk to this Kang, see what he knows. And so that the Kang we first met is just this goofy one. Because, you know, in the dialogue, too, he said, if you think I'm evil, Wait till you meet my variants. So it's I think, scary. huh? Which is kind of scary. That is very scary. That is very will, scary. Will the variants be, you know, will they, you know, they're going to be conquerors, but will they be quirky like this one? Are we still no. going to get, no, we're going to get, a I think we're going to get that, one. that, yeah, like, okay, ready yeah, to, I think, I think they were conquer. also alluding to that in the previous episode when we got all the different types of Lokis that they're all very different in their personalities you know like they're all yeah they're different characters too but like they're very different not similar crazy Lokis you know right um so so I I know we mentioned that you know we liked the uh I mean I think we're all in agreement right kind of like we like the quirkiness We, we like this portrayal of this version of Kang more so than what we could have gotten, which was, I mean, I was expecting whoever was going to be behind the curtain, there was going to be like, you know, big, deep voice, long monologue saying, uh, you know, I, I control all the multiverses. And I kind of like that they took a comedic route with this a little bit because Marvel's usually prone to taking the source material and kind of changing it to their own liking and making it unique in a way. So I actually, yeah, I, I actually did like how they portrayed Kang in this sense i'm hoping that they kind of keep some elements of this version of kang into whatever main one that we're going to see in the future because i mean that's the thing too are we going to be dealing with multiple kangs in the future like like there's not like one um focused baddie of kang that we're gonna be like okay that's the kang we have to worry about because that's the one that is messing up everything i think we're probably gonna get the council of kangs Yes, it's I think like we're Rick gonna get. Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, actually, just like Rick and Morty, uh, oh, Toasty. Okay. Uh, I think yeah. actually, now that you mentioned it, Rick and Morty pulled a a page from Kang's notebook. Yeah, that's a hundred percent the story. They all meet up each other. They found the council, 
they all work together until one of them is different and they all stop fighting. So I think that's that, really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know anything about King, but hearing you guys talk about it and mentioning this, I'm like, dude, they must have been inspired by DC comic to do that. Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> so and, is um, no, go ahead. Well, I, I was gonna say he says, and he says, wait till you meet my other very ints. I think we're gonna see, yeah, many Kangs, and I think. What's really cool is we're going to see Jonathan Majors play. Thank you. Look at Dr. Rika. <laughs> I think we're going to see him play a multitude of different Kings throughout the rest of phase four. And I think that's crazy. Like, actually, really creative we idea. We might actually get different versions. It might not only be him, there might be different races, different people, even animals also. Yeah. So actually. we never <laughs> know. Right. Yeah. We Alligator King. I'm all for yeah, it. we're never gonna know who he is until he reveals himself because the Loki show show showed us that I mean the black Loki, if we saw him walking in the background, we would have never guessed it was a Loki unless he was wearing the Loki uniform. And even then he had a hammer in his hand. So most of us would have guessed Thor. So now I'm I wanna go back. I mean, I would not be surprised if one of the background characters that we saw in one of the previous movie or show turned out to be Kang and one of you the future movies, so we should be getting ready for that. Yeah, I was My, gonna say. I agree. Oh, go ahead, Doctor Rika. No, I was just gonna say that's what's exciting about it is, a uh, one the <clears throat> the thought of having Jonathan Majors in multiple films because he's so talented, uh, but two also what Toasty just brought up like the idea that it doesn't just have to be him. Um, if they want to go that route, I think that's kind of what's being alluded to for like Spider-Man, because that's the first thing I thought of is like, okay, if they're having former Spider-Mans come in, like how is this going to work or how are they going to explain things? But now kind of seeing what Loki provided, I was like, oh, like, okay, this makes sense. And so the idea of not only having Jonathan Majors, but potentially bringing in other really talented actors, actresses, et cetera, um, super exciting. So yeah, I, I like that idea. Okay. Uh, Rose, are you familiar with Jonathan Majors at all? Like any of his work? I am a little bit. Um, definitely a familiar face. So I'm definitely excited. And he did a great job in, in portraying the role of he who Kang. He who <laughs> Kangs. Greg. He who Kangs. Hey, he who Kangs. Kangs. Fair um, enough. Fair I, enough. I, I'm he very curious. Kangs. I agree with you all. There's a lot of possibility as far as um, roles and positions for a council of Kang. Uh, I'm curious to see how many, who's going to be the most influential, will it all be um, his character's portrayals of it? Uh, because what we do know is that there's at least two that that look similar um, from the timelines. So, which is nothing out of the ordinary because we saw the same thing with Loki, Loki looking at a, the political version of Loki or President Loki, which they teased and didn't do much with, um, which was another critique, but we won't dwell on that at all. You won't dwell on that at all. Excited. Of course Excited. not. <laughs> Wait for Lightning McQueen and they'll save it off. If they bring out Lightning McQueen, we're good. We're saved. That's true. I'm on Team Jalen with that, with that theory, 100%. Um, so we have this dialogue between, uh, I guess, he who remains, right? And Loki and Sylvie. And he's giving him this big exposition dump, essentially, which is kind of what we didn't want to happen in just one episode, but I felt like it was in a digestible manner. He kind of presented it in a 
very streamlined. Like I was able to watch all of this and not have to rewind once. And that's saying a lot because <laughs> I mean, usually on stuff like this, I'd be like, okay, wait, so how did he explain how two timelines split and the multiverse goes this way and the other one? I was able to keep up. So um, with Kang's explanation, he basically said what Grandmaster Hoop already alluded to. Um, like he was part of that multiverse war that we got, you know, early on in the beginning. And then what was it that happened? Like the, the timelines kept branching and so he um he created TVA. He he created TVA after though. So basically he took Eliath. Eliath was the big thing. Right. And he he, he pretty much weaponized Eliath. And uh that's how he keeps the other universes from coming over. And then once he got them to not come over with Elias, because Elias will basically eat a whole universe. Once he got Elias under his control, that stops them from coming. And then he's like, let me take care of my own timeline. And that way, nothing ever branches out to possibly changing the sacred timeline to where I guess in that sense, Elias breaks free or he dies to where uh, well, the like other being, universes can come. It's like being undetectable. Okay. So it's really about a way of just managing the sacred timeline so that it doesn't alert any other timelines. Yeah, because yeah, he said okay. he said he isolated their timeline. So he made it in a way where the other universes cannot find them. However, now the floodgate is open. It's over. Now we have in, I mean, it's kind of cool to see this because kind of in the first couple episodes, we saw what a branching timeline would look like. And you had like, you know, basically the line, right? And you had like one, two, three or four branches off of the main one. But in this one, uh, once the uh, the event happens, right? Um, these branches go in every single direction. And I kind of like that because now I think that's the state that the fandom is kind of in where Loki left a huge door open for so many possibilities for the direction we can go in. We're talking like uh, the introduction of the mutants, um, the Fantastic Four, like there's uh, even a Marvel's What If series that we're getting in August, right? Like maybe we thought it was just gonna be like a one-off type of thing where it's like, oh, okay, th that's, that's cute. You know, what if uh, Spider-Man got the cloak of levitation from Doctor Strange, but it might be tied to this, you know, all those different branches is tied to the what ifs of the what if series because of what happened in Loki that created a timeline now where Captain America and Iron Man are zombies. Okay, it makes sense. I guess it could happen. It happens in the comics. So that, that's perfect. Um, so this is cool too, because it can also open up the fact that like Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, they right. can return back to the MCU and not necessarily be the same actors in case there's like, you know, conflict with um, scheduling or whatever, but they can bring them into the, the mainstream MCU and say like, hey, look, Spider-Man and Daredevil and Deadpool are all hanging out, you know, like all this crazy stuff because of the split of everything that's kind of branching right. out. So we might be able to see some of these characters um, maybe different actors playing the characters, but we might be able to see some of these characters kind of Two blades. pop up here blades. and there. Two. <laughs> also, this actually just brought me, this brought me to a good point. What did you guys think of the Deadpool? Sorry for the sidetrack, but this Deadpool announcement with Cor Korg? 
Korg. Korg. Right. I, I, won't call it an I think they, yeah, I think they I were think just having fun with it. But that's okay. definitely confirmation, though, yeah. that right. they're working on it. You know, they're trying to bring timing, it. Though. it. I timing did like it. Everything. I did like it. Right. Time, right. The timing is too coincidental now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. What about the conversation? Once, once Kane gave this exposition dump, right? We then get the conversation of the ultimatum that Kang presents to Sylvie and Loki. He gives them option one, which is you basically take my place and you run the TVA. You're 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 gonna be the ones in charge. And then I think he alludes to what he will do. He'll just like, you know, retire, I guess, go to his own timeline, or I don't know. He's gonna do something, but basically Loki and Sylvie will be in charge. The other option, which was the worst option i mean in my opinion but the other option was you kill you know he who remains and then that creates a void and then all the kings all the nasty kings that you don't want to see they come pouring in i think they presented this in the show because they wanted the fans to discuss what was the correct choice what do you guys think i mean I'm team Loki all the way. I feel like that's a, a no-brainer. But I mean, hey, I actually want to hear uh, your, your thoughts on this. Like everyone's, you know, was Sylvie justified in uh, doing what she did? I I have my own thoughts, but I actually want to hear everyone else's before I go in. This has just turned into a classic ethics class. Ah, perfect. So I'm curious to see. Sylvie's, Sylvie's fine in my book. Um, I mean, she's not fine, but she's fine. Uh, okay. And I'll, I'll just keep it simple. Uh, she was a, like, oh, you know, she's like a puppet her whole life. You know, these outside higher powers are running everything in her life. She never had any answers in her life. So, of course, she feels jaded. She's, uh, you know, gone through all this anguish and whatnot. And uh, she's tired of it. She's tired of it. So, you know, she sees an opportunity to end all the suffering she's been through and any suffering anyone else has been through she takes the chance she says f everybody else and and that's where the problem is when she said f everybody else um but like why like why? i just don't, like yes. psychologically i don't understand what like it's like uh who what movie was it that they said like oh it's like a dog chasing the the fire truck like he's gonna chase it, he's gonna chase it but then once he gets it then what you know You're talking like, about the joker the joker i think i'm like, talking about the joker yeah he's like uh <laughs> i wouldn't know what to do with it <laughs> right so and i feel like that's kind of what sylvie was doing is that she was like trying to like meet with the timekeepers meet with the timekeepers and then now that she met with the timekeeper and that she killed the timekeeper now what you know like what what is the next step what is the big plan you know well, i'll say this and I'll, I'll let someone else take it from here uh sylvie and as much as people like to debate rose she's a loki at heart because loki's the typical loki's make the selfish choice and she made the selfish choice at the end of the day was Even it selfish if, yes it was because like he said you know f everyone else f everybody else who cares about all these kings you know she tried to vie away from being a loki her whole life and look what she did the ultimate decision she's a loki but free will is being taken away. So Jesus. which one is it? This is a classic, um, maybe Kant, I don't remember which one, of philosophy of doing the greater good or 
the trolley problem where do you move a train to save one and, and kill a group of people or do you move a train to not kill a group of people and kill one person it's kind of having those similar beats so it's tough it's a tough ethic and moral dilemma because i don't know where i would stand because i lean more towards loki because he's more selfless in it but a little bit of fearful sylvie the only reason why it makes it tough for sylvie is like you said she's kind of selfish in what she's trying to accomplish because this has been something she's been trying to go for but if it's from and we got to see a little bit of that from mobius conversation as well if it's about free will and taking people's free will away which is basically what sylvie was doing was helping people who were struggling with free will basically with what the tva is taking away versus loki you know he doesn't want to control people, but at the same time, he doesn't want madness to wipe out like the universes. <laughs> Essentially. So it's just like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You gonna save the universe? You gonna enslave the universe? Like, what are you gonna do? And and that was the big pull of that that section of the episode. So I really don't know which way to lean. Um, part of me wants to say free will, because it's I mean, what's a life living if you have to live it enslaved, right? Or live it um, lied to? But I don't know. It's a lot of universes that might get wiped out. So I don't know. Maybe there's another way. Yeah, I think for me, it. Um, I felt like the decision tied more into like the characters overall, as far as where we did or did not see growth. And so because I binged it, um, the very first episode, if I'm not mistaken, um, they, there was this whole conversation about like Loki's intentions and his this idea that his enslavement of people was his warped idea of like liberation and we hearken back to this in this episode with this decision where he potentially wanted to take over this mantle but not because of just his own personal reasoning behind it but because like okay this is the only option to help the most people versus like his initial belief was like okay if i take over it's not only like me attempting to liberate these people but also i have this mantle you know i have this title and it for him at the very end of the series is no longer about the title which showed this like progression of growth at least in in my perspective and i think versus sylvie like we thought we saw this growth but ultimately her choice there wasn't like, cause she still went along with what was expected in her whole entire plan. Um, not saying that it's wrong in, in the case of like, you know, when you break up free will, I think she, in her perspective, she was trying to help the most people in that view. But at the same time, it still went along with what was expected of her. And I think um, the difference with Loki is that there was like something very similar in taking up this mantle, but the intentions were very, very different, which showed this progression of character growth. So I thought that what was that's what was interesting about the choices presented to them and then ultimately what they were kind of doing and chewing on with that. I definitely agree. Okay, okay. I definitely agree with both of you, uh, for sure. Especially with the fear, because that's the problem with Loki is that he's been quite fearful a lot of his life and so as far as with the growth too you see him grow as a character in terms of yes he did not take the opportunity to rule and he yeah he he turned away and that was always the thing you know mobius was always like what are you gonna rule then huh you know uh and he turned away he turned away so that was perfect growth right there but now he's got to struggle with this fear and sylvie has been quite fearless this whole entire time and she's a fighter her whole life. 
And that's the difference between those two is that Loki's lived a life to where he can explore different, you know, ex uh, you know, experiences in life while Sylvie's been fighting her whole life. From a child, basically. Life. From childhood. Right. And so all she knows is to fight. And so even though she's presented this opportunity to definitely protect people by not fighting, she'd rather fight, you know, take take on the big bads that are coming and fight versus live in fear or live with any kind of idea of control versus free will. Because that's, she's never had that free will. She's always been on the run. So it's a, it's definitely very, uh, uh, it's very gray. It's very gray. I agree right. with what you did, though. Uh, Sylvia is justified. Uh, with Loki, we have to remember he actually had somewhat of a life, like you mentioned. He got to study see his dad and mom died. So he had some kind of emotional connection that showed that he has a weakness. Uh, when he first got to the TVA, he actually saw his life on that computer screen stuff that showed everything until he got killed by Thanos. So there's something with Loki where he had interaction with other people. Sylvie mentioned in this episode, I believe, that she was older than Loki. And that's saying something. So she has been running away for millennials already by herself. And all she knows is that she's running away because a group of people have decided that she must die. She's not. But we still don't know why, by the way. We still don't That's know why. Question. They just. <laughs> oh my god. So... <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know why, and we we don't even know when we're gonna know if we're gonna know in the next season or in a movie that's coming out between the first season and the second season, because we might even see Loki for another year or two, if not more, assuming that he doesn't show up in any of the movies. But with her, she's been running for a while, so for her, she you would pay. Hey, this is the leader of the person that's been controlling me my whole life. I have no way out. At the end of the day, I would say that she's almost like an abuse victim. She is. She was in a position of weakness her entire life. And the minute that she saw that she was in a position of power where she can stop the abuse, she took it regardless of the consequences. And it's, at the end of the day, I somewhat admire that. Because she said, I don't care. Y'all have been decided what I must do since I was a kid. I left everything behind, but now I get to decide to end this. I can probably go off and disappear into what I want. Nobody's gonna chase me. And at the end of the day, I believe that if anybody was abused to that point, they would have done anything to stop it. And she did what she needed to be done by killing this man. Okay. Hopefully it works out for her, but I doubt it. You know, uh, talking about it, I think I, I understand more now uh, why she may have been justified. Like coming into this, I was I was set on you know, screw Sylvie. Why she do this? She had this. She had literally everything explained to her like right before the she did the dirty deed, but she still went ahead and did it. Uh, but I guess talking about it uh, now, I think in a way, yeah, she she's been on the run as as Toasty and everyone's been saying like her whole life since childhood, and. It was this one moment in her life where she had some level of control. She could actually choose the outcome of what's going to happen. And it was still the wrong decision, but you know, it was hers. It was hers. For once it was hers, it wasn't anyone else's. So I guess in that sense, okay, fine. I I do understand why uh, Sylvie did what she had to do. Did we like the fight scene between Loki and Sylvie? 
you know, they, they had a little bit of a tassel, you know, with their sword, knife, daggers. I don't know what you want to call them. There was some magic in there, but I'm like, you two are Lokis. Like, I wanted to see more. I don't know. What is Loki's power? Because like he was doing some sort of telekinesis or you know moving of right of Loki and like a like picking up daggers and stuff. And I'm like, did he like move that building when it fell down? Like he stopped that, that building his, from falling yeah. on them. That's a really good uh, point and question. We still don't know about that building, and he did use <laughs> some type of telekinesis or a string that came out of invisible string i guess that he was pulling people with because he keeps yanking people back and forth and yanking things that we don't know i didn't know he could do that could have been really useful a couple years ago right? but you know you learn as you grow <laughs> i think sorcery has a lot of gray area too he's a sorcerer it's magic he uses magic so i think and the word this loki likes to use is conjure he conjures knives he conjures invisible strings, I guess. That's why I'm going to leave it at. I'm not going to try to. I, there's no other way I can explain it. He conjures, she enchants. There you have it. Well, based oh, on. He enchants oh, too now, huh? I was going to say, let's see. Magical abilities include astral projection, shape shifting, hypnosis, molecular rearrangement, energy blast, levitating, conjuring cryokinesis telekinesis and teleportation well there you go cryokinesis makes sense uh yeah considering yeah oh yeah. Um, yeah see that's way that's so wide that's so that's so that's such a giant range you know i mean based on that like did you want more out of a one like i wasn't expecting a 1v1 fight in this episode i don't know if we needed it but we got it so because we have it already do you, do you think they should have done more with it I thought, or, it, I thought it was fine. That was close. Yeah, it's close combat too. So yeah. you know, I understand not having so much sorcery in it. Um yeah, at this point, do they want to waste energy conjuring stuff that one wants to go for the kill, the other wants to just talk for a second, talk about it. <laughs> so it's just a close, like quick reaction combat. Um so I was I was fine with it. I was fine with it. Okay, okay. So we have this fight scene. And of course, Loki's the first one to kind of put down his arms and try to calm the situation down. And he gives that that line uh, right to Sylvie, saying, "You know, I just..." And it was he was stuttering it; he couldn't get it out. But he he closed it with, "I just want you to be okay." That's all he wants. And then we get a kiss scene. Did I don't know? Did. <laughs> Did you? Did some of you cringe at that? Because it's two Loki's kissing. I, I don't know. It has to be the most narcissistic thing <laughs> to be expected. But then again, Loki is narcissistic. He has to love himself more than anybody else, so it makes sense. If it's his That's character, if it's his character, okay. but it's such a narcissistic thing, man. Come on. Also, <laughs> if Sylvie is a Loki, that's if Sylvie is Loki. She's a Loki. Y'all know what hill I'm on. Y'all know what hill I'm on. <laughs> He was very deceptive. So right after that kiss, she said, I'm not you. And that's all I got left to go off of. There's nothing to, to there's nothing saying that she is confirmed to be a Loki. They're just, so, she was just they, saying she's not the same actually, Loki what, type what of. Was, what was that thing you were saying earlier, Rose, where you were saying uh, after uh, he who remains was addressing them two as two Lokis, you said he said something afterwards. 
no he didn't he didn't say anything oh. other than the fact that he was just having a good time and doesn't didn't know what was gonna come next once uh they crossed that threshold i'm going off the line that she said after that it's very it's very possible that kane could have been wrong it's possible okay i mean he kind of very... was wrong in this episode <laughs> <laughs> because... i still don't understand why two lokis together would cause that big of a Thank, listen we we talk about this all the time i won't bring it up again oh that's one of my selling points um how did it cause that branch and they're still together at this moment and it doesn't seem like too much wildness is going on when they're together at this point so it's still on, i'm still on that hill i'm gonna say this because now that you darcy you mentioned uh why right you're talking about the nexus event why is it called a nexus okay all right i know i figured it out Wait, Real what caught wait, what caused the 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 love? Like love why scene? the why why does their love cause a nexus? Okay, okay. And I'll tell you why. I'll Not even touch, just their love. Just just knowing that they love yes. each other. Correct. And scene. I'll tell you why. This is why. One, first of all, I didn't find that cr- that kiss that cringy. I definitely cringe way more watching Jamie and Cersei Lannister. So that's <laughs> that's you know, that's how I define cringe worthy kisses. Okay. All right, um, all right. They are Nexus event because that's what Kang did. You mean to tell me an infinite amount of Kangs, there couldn't be a female Kang that fell in love with another Kang? This is what Kang was talking about. When you get variants together, they taught each other things. Loki learned how to enchant from Sylvie. This is what this Kang was talking about. Kangs got together and shared their technology, causing a nexus event in their case a multiverse war this is why you can't have variants together it's not necessarily that they are in love it is the fact that they're two variants learning from each other and god yeah i'm on to something here here you go again sounding like an old old geezer this is why variants can't stay together plot twist to that what if the nexus event wasn't necessarily that they were learning from each other but that they had to survive in order to meet Kang because he said that he knew everything that was happening. He knew they were coming. He paved the way. So he needed to make sure that they were getting safe. And since they were not getting found, it caused a branch in the reality. And so they were like, oh shoot, like boop, 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 boop. Like, let's go save them. And so that's what they had to do in order to get through that. Could be that, I don't know, who knows? Love is real, maybe, who knows? I was going to say, uh, I guess in response to the kiss, I didn't find it cringeworthy. Um, I also didn't find it narcissistic because I think the purpose of the relationship, if she is Loki, and that's kind of what I'm going off of with like the next statement is like, all of this is about Loki as a character and like him growing outside of what we saw happen in the movies. Because this is 2012 Loki who's having to like speed track his own character character growth and part of that is like what was discussed at the very beginning was he has no self-love which is why there's so much fear and so much like lack of self-validation is that he doesn't believe in himself and he doesn't believe what others believe of him if that belief is positive like he only believes the negative parts of himself so I think him falling in love and having this relationship with another version of himself is like the self-acceptance and I'm wondering if part of what caused some of that nexus is like this is a Loki who loves and is doing something for the benefit of like others, not just of, of himself, despite her being him, which is a whole other kind of thing. But like, I think it's like 
what veers off the timeline is a Loki who has the self-belief, who is engaging in relationships for the purpose of like selflessness and being self-full, not because of some ulterior motive beyond. So I didn't see it as more narcissism, but more of like, okay, I see myself and I can accept that and I can love that and I can care for that and I can want it to be okay. After all these years of like self-loathing and not feeling a part of my family and feeling like there's something wrong with me. And so having to overcompensate by wanting to create fear in others because that's what I see in myself. So he's engaged in all this projection of negativity and fear and loathing. And we see that look completely different by the end of the series. So it's my, my little theory. You must love yourself to love <laughs> others. That's true. Yeah, you should that's love true. yourself before you love others. I, think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can, that's a whole nother thing though. But oh, I think okay. you can- Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I, do that's think whole, you, yeah. I do think you put it beautifully though. It was I, not. I yes, it made a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. Um, do we think Tom delivered? with his uh his his sad moment you know once sylvie pushes him through uh with the temp pad and we get that one moment where the camera's zooming in on tom uh and he's kind of you know i mean he, he he's he's full of emotions you know he finally pretty much opened himself up to sylvie and this is a character like that we were saying this is 2012 loki at the end of the day and that's how we started off with him in episode one and here we are now. So, I mean, I personally like that little moment that we got with Loki, like right there, um, right after he got pushed out, camera zooming in, very emotionful. I mean, I, I, I was close to tears, but I didn't cry. Wasn't worth that, but <laughs> I thought it was good enough um, uh, because now he's back in the TVA, right? So that's a whole nother discussion too. What is going on with the TVA? But there is one person that we haven't talked about up until now, and that's with Mobius and Renslayer. You know, uh, we kind of got more, I guess more dynamic between the two and like trying to balance out, okay, you know, Mobius, he's kind of hurt that Renslayer threw away all those years of friendship or the, the infinite years of friendship that they had with each other. And Renslayer kind of sees it from her perspective as no, it, it wasn't I that did that. It was you, you know, you two Lokis appear and you, and you just throw it all away. And you're asking all these silly questions. Like, what's the deal with that, man? And I guess from that perspective, I'm like, OK, she, she does have a point. You know, she kind of wants the status quo to be in place. And here comes Mobius, you know, hoping to meet his Lightning McQueen other half. And he's thinking all these variants exist and the timekeepers aren't real. and. She kind of had to put him in his place. Like, what did you guys think with uh, Renslayer and Mobius? Like, did we, like, I know we left off with, you know, Renslayer still running around, but like, what about their relationship with each other? You know, like, what did you guys think? Did, did, did we get a conclusion with that? Is there still more that we want to uncover? Oh, plenty, because plenty. we don't know anything about their relationship. We have no idea. Nothing, have, nothing. What have they shown other than they keep saying Oh, we've been friends a long time. Eons. 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 So you think that it's more show, don't tell? Well, now that they have a season two, I guarantee we're going to get some background to their friendship, relationship, whatever, because Renslayer is apparently from 2018. Was she kicking it? That's she doing a very in odd year to pick, too. It's a very you know? random year. It's a very random year. Um, right. 
So I'm literally Googling right now what happened in Ohio in 2018 to see if there was like any sort of connection. But I got nothing. I mean, and what caused her to be picked specifically? You know, like, is it like our, any of them to be picked right? Like Mobius, Renslayer, like, do they meet a certain criteria before they get brought onto the TVA? Or, and then what about Renslayer specifically? What stood out from her character that put her in charge, basically in charge of it? You know, there's, there's the, you know, Kang up at top and the timekeepers, but like, what put her in the position that she was in compared to everyone else? I wonder if she's like the great, 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 great grandmother of right. his uh, his love interest. Oh. I was about to say, I was like, oh. if of... you were going to say him, I was like, wait, because technically in the comics, they're together. Right. Wait, of whose yeah, okay. uh, love interest? Renslayer and Kang are lovers. Oh, that's right. That's right. We did yes. mention that before. Right. Yes. So maybe okay. that is why... I mean, maybe he just fell in love with her, and in the fixing of it of the sacred timeline, he found her. And again, uh, this man's been living. I mean, he's from the 31st century, but I guess they one they never explain why he doesn't age or why any of them don't age. Uh, I guess because they're not in time. They're not yeah, in they're time. Yeah, they're separated outside. Okay, time. okay. So then he just picked her because he fell in love. Like, uh, what's that? That's not Beauty and the Beast, but you know, uh, Tarzan. No, it's not Tarzan. But <laughs> he just picked her because he fell in love with her, and that's why she's in such a high position of power. You know, it like you know, she feels like in the episode she was all like, you know, I want to know who the timekeeper is. I want to know the truth, and then she starts referring them to he. She kind of has this like devotion, this unwarranted devotion. Oh, not unwarranted, but like there is a devotion that she just doesn't really understand. And part of the devotion is figuring out what is going on. And she's very much still believing in the what the TVA does, which is crazy at this point. So that's how warped her mind is. Unless she knows a lot more than other people know. Because I mean, um, what is it? Miss Minutes gave her like mm -hmm. a folder a that, file yeah a file yes. and, and she was like um he wants you to read this and it's like okay so like let's see what it is like that maybe she's going to the 31st century to meet him you know like who knows what's what what that is we also don't know the extent of the time up to the void we don't know if maybe the void happens like right at the 31st century and then that's mm -hmm. when kind of time stops and Kang is like trying to figure out what to do to stop the multiverse. I don't know that a lot of crazy things can happen from moving forward with the MCU. I do think something that we are going to need for uh, <clears throat> other than the Young Avengers, but something we're going to need is the uh, Illuminati group that has Black Bolt, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Doctor Strange, Charles Xavier has all those people that kind of have to work together to come up with an idea of how to stop this guy. Because this is, if this is going to be a Council of Kang, that means you need to have the genius not just like a, a, a team that's going to punch their way out of it, but a team that's going to think their way out of it. No, I, I totally agree. This is that I kind of like that they're introducing, um, I guess, this type of villain into the MCU because, you know, not, not saying Thanos wasn't a smart guy, but you know, he kind of just saw problems with his fist, right? He had the gauntlet, he had the infinity stones, and, and we like that part of him. I, I wouldn't change anything, but 
I do like, like I learned more about Kang as we did these episodes than I ever did before. So knowing how much of a, like uh, a strategist that he is, like, I kind of like the fact that kind of what you said, Doris, like they have to think about all these other characters that we have that think on their feet and they got to combine their minds together. And I, I think based on these branching timelines, we're going to start seeing more of those minds. Like, like, again, like Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic is a genius and I'm hoping he gets incorporated into the MCU in some way, some way soon, because, uh, I mean, where we're left off after, like, uh, basically after this episode, there's a lot of questions, right? So we have Loki, he's back at the TVA. And this is after the scene where Sylvie kills Kang or he who remains, whatever. Kong Kang, it's fine. It can't fine, fine. He kills Kang, or she she kills Kang, and of course, not even, <laughs> not even like seconds later, we have Loki back at the TVA. He's he's trying to meet up with Mobius, and I keep forgetting her name. Uh, B B15. fifteen. B15. Show some respect. B I was gonna say BB8. B15. <laughs> B15. We have B15 and Mobius. It's it, it, it's interesting because they seem aware that the timelines are branching off and they are trying to fix it, but they're in a timeline where, or not a timeline, just wherever they're in a version of the TVA that does not know who Loki is, or at least this version of Loki, or what his perp, what his glorious purpose is over there, right? Or or has it been rewritten? Has, has it, it been be rewritten? rewritten? Exactly. You well, know, I mean, like. This that's the thing is that the TVA existed outside of time up until this episode. And then now that time has changed, we're now seeing that the TVA does exist at some point in this timeline. And we got to figure out what is changing it. And now are these variants of the original TVA that are variants of their original counterparts? Well, the, the person controlling it is now gone. Well, and Sylvie. nobody stepped up to control it unless it was Sylvie that stepped well, up to control it in, in the absence. She has she has his uh temp pad that the one that was right. around his neck. It's true. Well, I don't know why she would go ahead and put a statue of the king that looks just like the king we just met. Unless the pirate kings come over and like take over and like get rid of Sylvie. But that was you said quick. the pirate kings? I don't know. I <laughs> Bad kings. I don't know. I get where you're going. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I get it. I mean, is it quick? Because it's time. So it's not That's quick true. nor long. Oh, no, gosh. right, exactly. Like it didn't, it, it's like it was there as soon as she killed him. But at the same, like, yeah, no, I, I, I get I get what you mean. Because time is separate from here. As soon as she kills that king, it had to have been an instantaneous thing. Right? So, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to know where we're going to go from here. You I'm know, curious to what's going on with Miss Minutes. Is it just me? <laughs> oh, the, I mean, I I was intrigued up until now, uh, but then once we got the reveal that she's tied to Kang, I just kind of viewed her as like like a holographic assistant for Kang. Yeah, yeah like a future, future technology type stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I don't see anything else being revealed of her. It, it might. You never know. But I don't know. Something, doesn't sit, something still doesn't sit right with me. You think she's the real mastermind behind? I won't go that far, but <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll throw it on the table. Why not? 
Miss oh, Minutes? Man. You think Miss Minutes Miss is pulling Minutes. gang strings? Yes. It's Tara yeah, Strong. She's gonna, in the last she's movie, she's going to come driving in in a car. And uh, she's going to say, y'all. <laughs> there we go. She just needs to say that, and then we have it. She's a, she's the but not girl. just any car, Toasty. You know what car she's driving in. She's not uh, driving oh, she's a reddish that car. car. Yeah, it's a red yeah. car. Red tint. I think, I think yeah. there's lightning bolt or something like Possibly, that. Possibly, yes. Yeah, I think the number 95. I just like that number. <laughs> you know what? He's not even red anymore. Y'all didn't watch Cars 3. So Nobody did. Y'all are done. Y'all are done. He changed his whole color scheme. Go watch Cars 3. Absolutely. So you enjoy what Cars 3. What color is he now? He's blue like Doc Hudson. Classic. He dyed himself blue like Doc Hudson. I've never seen any of the Cars movies. Trash. They're all trash. Oh. You should. No. 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 This will turn into a Cars podcast. How dare you? We will. Listen, we will get us this. Let me get y'all back on track. Will season two of Loki deal with Loki taking on a variant of Kang? Or is Kang just going to be left for the films. I think that's a because I, I mean, no, I, yeah, that's I don't know where they're going to yeah. go with season two. I mean, so I, I think what, what we saw over in Black Widow is that things are now starting to cross over. Right. So we have um, people from TV shows ending up in movies and then people in movies that are going to start ending up in TV shows. So we are probably going to see Kang in movies, but I think Loki season two is going to come out before Quantumania and before the Fantastic Four movie. Because it has to kind of lead into everything. Well, Fantastic Four is, in, is at the very end of phase four. So that's- That's like 2023. This might be like that Avengers 6 movie. Because Avengers 5 technically is going to be uh, Multiverse of Madness. No. Like on that scale of, of stuff. I would compare it more to like a Civil War type of thing where yeah, like we'll the avengers of phase four well that's the thing that's uh, the Erica, big question Erica, is that... or dr rico you're muted i was saying i don't think there's going to be one I, didn't they say like they don't plan like a whole big old avengers team up for a while like they want to build up i think we'll see team up like small team ups like dr strange but i don't okay. think there's going to be avengers in phase four i think yeah, they I'm... Wait. Oh, i don't so think we will we're going to get revengers no, <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, but I, I, I do understand what you're saying. Like, you know, Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be like, kind of like that big grand scale movie where it's, it's kind of trying to be Avengers in a way where it's like it's the culmination of buildup, which we've gotten in, you know, WandaVision, um, Loki, and a bunch of other stuff just leading up to this moment. Uh, but I, I, I don't think we're going to see. But that's uh, the Avengers. crazy part is that Multiverse of Madness is only the fourth film. I'm sorry, the fifth film. After that, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. There are seven more films slated for Phase 4. And see, that's yeah. why I compared it to Civil War. Because Civil War Civil was in War between. Civil War was the first entry in Phase 3. But it was still kind of like a culmination a little bit because you got like uh, Age of Ultron that kind of built up to that. Yeah, they merged uh, a lot of different. So, so lot from of different Ultron movies. to Infinity War, how many movies do we have in between that? Ultron to Infinity War? Yeah. Uh, Civil War, Doc Strange, that's 2016. Wasp. 2017 was Guardians, Spider-Man, Thor, that's there. And then 2018 Wasp. was Black Panther, then Infinity War. 
Did you guys already say Ant-Man and Wasp? No, Ant-Man and Wasp came out after Infinity War. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ant-Man's supposed to be that. Oh, we're so sad. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ant-Man yeah. to lighten the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, that what was that? Seven movies, you said? I think it was seven. Dr. Rico was keeping count. Seven? seven. Okay. Seven. But you never so, had, you hadn't had shows like, like, like they're doing now that overlap yeah, into yeah, the, we true. have shows now into the cinematic universe so much yeah. so it's really no telling what these shows matter go. and there's yeah. a lot of characters being introduced in this next phase like you got the characters you know but geez a lot of characters are being being every to the forefront and introduced so every movie is introducing a, like at least two new characters give or take like big characters too and they yeah. have a ton of shows slated as well so yeah, they, they do they have so many shows yeah. they do so i don't Space think Wars. There, I don't think the focus is like an Avengers movie. It's like let it build the next generation before we get to that point. Right. I think and we'll definitely see the team ups, but like yeah. the title Avengers, I don't think we're gonna see for a while. And I'm sorry, I misspoke. I didn't really necessarily mean an Avengers movie. I meant like that tier of like, mm-hmm. oh my land, right. so this is gonna be the big blockbuster that's gonna like we're building know, up to it. But see, right? Why, you know, we say this, but really. Isn't Ant-Man and the Wasp gonna be that film? Quantum Mania? Kang the Conqueror is slated as the villain of that film. Well, maybe Quantum Mania will be Infinity War and Fantastic Four will be Endgame type, you know? Like in that in that scale of like big movies. That's a big scale saying it's endgame type. Am I frozen? Mm. No. No, you're good. Did I freeze? No, no, you're no. good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're solid. Um, no, I was gonna say like maybe Quantum Mania is like Infinity War and Fantastic Four is kind of like the end game, but just like in the scale of how big those movies That's are. That's a gonna huge be scale. You're yeah, saying I would lean more Civil War than um, Endgame. Okay, Endgame was such a big build up. Yeah, Endgame right. is huge. That's a ten year build up. It's a ten year build up. It, All right. To be fair, Marvel's moving a lot quicker now than they did. They are they moving did. right. Very so and I feel like they have to, to in a way too, because movies, TV shows, got to inject that new blood, you know, because well, we're getting all these new characters. I'll say this: I think at the end of Phase Four, they're gonna be like, "We need the Avengers back," and I think that's gonna be a big thing to tackle in Phase Five because, you know, he may be Captain America, but I don't think uh, our boy is ready to take on that leadership just yet. You know, Wait, who? Uh, Sam. Oh, Captain America. Captain Falcon. Correct. Correct. I was just you know? testing you, man. Just making sure you're on the same page. I don't think he's of ready course. for that. You think he's ready for that? Uh, I mean, we kind of had a season with him already that built up to that character. With I w- Bucky. He led Bucky. Yeah. And One he person. led and he, he led a US double agent. He's not ready. He's ready. <laughs> He he's can not do ready. It. He's definitely not ready. how to throw the shield. He's not he's, ready. He's so called Captain he's America. He, he hasn't fought Captain a real America. villain yet. Let's just go with that. He yeah, hasn't he... fought a real bad guy. The people he's been fighting are like bottom tier villain. Yeah, like, they dropped the leaper. I mean, I will say this: he is not a super soldier. If he gets punched by Thanos, he might be dead. Or maybe not. You imagine, say that bro? about Black Widow maybe too. Black, Black, Black Widow survived a long time. Don't, Black don't Widow is a long time. 
she is. Oh, Black no. Widow didn't get punched by Thanos. But she could have. She got punched by a lot of things. Yeah, she fell off in the air, particularly. Landed on her feet. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't get punched by this big purple fist. Oh, you know, sister slammed her head through a wall. She was bit by a cat. None of those. Her head got slammed through a wall. Can I pivot? The wall cracked. Pivot us away. Because I have a question. So we spent a lot of time kind of discussing, you know, how this could interact with the, with the future, but what are some things that you would like to see? You know, we have Shang coming up, we have the Eternals coming up, Spider-Man. So how do you think, do you think all of what's happened here is gonna interact with those? I think Spider-Man's and Doctor Strange are like the most direct lines, but I don't know, what with what we have coming up, what excites you? What would you like to see? I don't know. Um, definitely Loki and Spider-Man now because of the multiverse thing. It will make sense. Loki, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. I feel like those three are a combo together. Like if you have one, the, at least one of the other two must appear just because they're so interconnected. So at least those. And honestly, I'm hoping for Loki to see Thor again. I would love that. I like their dynamic in the last movie. It was hilarious, 100%. So Loki going back and seeing Thor and uh, Love and Thunder, which I know you guys mentioned could be Sylvie or female Loki. That would be awesome. So I'm excited for that. Loki, Thor, Loki, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. Anything I mean, else? I don't I don't know, really. Uh, YTT, right? That's his last name? YTT. Um, he, he did actually say this week or last week, it was something about Love and Thunder that it was going to be like the wildest uh, out of all the thor movies like in terms of what ideas well i mean he's saying that no 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 not not in the sense of how good it's gonna be but he means like in terms of what like shenanigans he's gonna be tried trying to pull in the movie right and i think that kind of ties into what we got at the end of this we have that whole multiverse business just branching off into different directions Who's to say, you know, uh, we won't get some different versions of Thor or Loki in in Love and Thunder, you know? But that's yeah, we, we might even get the first Enchantress that pops up in we there. We might get her as Maybe well. That's everybody's brain. Exactly. So I I, I do like that aspect. And in terms of Shang Chi, I kind of want Shang Chi to do its own thing, you know, kind of set the character and set the tone, because like. I'll be honest, I didn't know about Shang-Chi until his announcement. I had no idea who this guy was. And I think they need to establish his character. You know, give me a taste of his villains. What's his, um, how does he fight? You know, what does he fight with? Does he have superpowers? Um, I want to see that first before they start dipping their feet into, you know, multiverse and different versions of uh, Shang-Chi or the Mandarin. Um, I agree with Shang-Chi. For a while, yeah. I thought that was the name of the group. I didn't know that was the name of the guy. I thought that was just their group. He <laughs> thought it was oh, a, fantastic. <laughs> um, and then aside from that, we still have the Eternals too. And that's a big question. Cause you know, they're like, they're kind of like on that celestial level a little bit. Um, no, they're like, celestials. No, they oh, oh, they are. Oh, they are. I, yeah. I actually didn't know they were called celestial. I just, <laughs> I just use that. Like in terms of what tier of power they are. So I, I didn't even know they're called celestials, but okay, there you go. Um, that that would be interesting. They need to be established too, but I would imagine they have to dip their feet also into multiverse, some level of multiverse stuff because they're such big powerhouses. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, one thing that I, I I'm kind of liking is that from Avengers we have like okay like things that are happening on Earth and like things that you know like people who don't follow the comics are starting to like understand they get it like oh okay aliens are coming okay cool we can understand that and then like technology and Ultron in the second Avengers and they're like okay we can still comprehend that and then the third one was like okay this big baddie comes and takes away half of the universe like this is kind of crazy fourth Avengers like we're going back in time finding all this different stuff like wow like we're it's getting people to think outside of the box these next movies is going to be so crazy where it's like you have like these gods that are the celestials and it's going to get people like thinking way outside of like what they're used to and then you have time travel and different variations of time travel and it's going to be there's going to be a lot of different stuff that's happening and i hope that like the audience will be able to like follow along with it and keep going but one thing i'm really excited for is i love like how Marvel does like their sorcery and how they do magic and stuff. So I'm really excited for that because you have Shang-Chi, you have Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, you have Wanda that's going to be in it. You, there's going to be a lot more elements of the mystic arts, which is going to be really Blade. cool. What Even was that? Blade. Uh-huh. Even Blade. Blade. I'm excited Blade. Coming out too. So we're going to get vampires, we're going to get monsters, we're going to get witches. You know, there's going to be a lot of dragons with Fin Fang Foom, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did I accidentally spoil something? Oh no, no, no! Just oh, okay. That's at some boom. point. Well, the only reason why I know of him is from that uh, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance? Game. Oh, That's the only reason why I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a dragon called this. All right, I'll, I'll, yep. I'll accept it. They just can't. They can't all, and they probably won't constantly dive into the multiverse though. With all the shows and stuff they got slated, they got to stay grounded. Um, in that particular realm or area of space and just hint at the potential there um because for example when i when i think of some of the lineups that are here just looking at it, i'm looking at it real quick um and even blade for example you want to explore the dark world of blade like that's a chance 100%. for them to get into the dark side the dark world if you start going into multiverse and, and kind of like we talked about earlier like everybody having different versions of themselves too early then i'm scared then you'll have fatigue of a multiverse by the time you finish the whole phase so they have to be really in that they probably will be very strategic in how they're introducing certain characters with these shows and these spin-offs it's not spin-offs technically not spin-offs if they're new but shows um as far as their introduction into the big grand scheme like okay this is when we pair people together yeah i because if Blade's messing around in the multiverse, that might be problematic. A little too early for him to be messing around in the multiverse. Right. I think that um, they're going to be doing more of the um, the multiverse people when it comes to big name people like Thor and Spider-Man and stuff. And just keep it at that and leave. Because like you have Moon Knight coming out and not too many yeah. people know about Moon Knight. So um, I'm excited for Spider-Man always because Spider-Man has been one of my favorites. Period. Well, yeah. But I'm really excited that now he can grow up more. So I'm excited to see where they're going to take him because they can't keep Spider-Man as a kid his whole existence. We need to see a grown-up post-Tony because I do not agree with the Tony storyline. <laughs> Post-Tony, actual adult Spider-Man coming and actually... Because Spider-Man's a smart kid. Let him grow up. Let him grow up and like 
be we a hero. Time. We have time for that. I like Teenage uh, Spider-Man. We can we talk about I do plenty of Teenage Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We've seen it. I, I think technically it's his senior year now, so... Uh, more high school spider spider prom 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 i like He's it. going to prom he already went to prom no he went, so he to, went to homecoming, homecoming. it's in Whatever. the name Whatever. <laughs> it's all the same tomato tomato fair enough fair enough so i i think we're all excited easy to say about multiverse and where loki is leading into because i mean we're getting a season two multiverse is going to be crazy i i, I want to end us off on this what are our final thoughts on Loki as a series just on its own? You know, let's forget about the buildup. Let's forget about, oh, you know, it's going to be really exciting to see how uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, you take the Marvel package as a whole. So, you know, when you see Loki, you do theorize about that stuff and you do get excited about a lot of those uh, future events. But seeing Loki as a series on its own, what did you guys think about it? Was this, like, I guess we have three comparisons. We have WandaVision, we have Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we have this Loki. So compared to what we have so far, is this the best one? Is this the best out of the three shows we've gotten? They've all had their own flaws. I know we could all gush about WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, but we had problems with those shows as well. With Loki, we've been talking about it this entire episode. We have our problems with it, but... How would you guys square up uh, Loki amongst the other three? Um, again, I hate comparing them because they're all so uniquely different. They're all in their own tier, right? They're all, yes. they all they all do their own thing, and that's what's good about these shows. You cannot look at each of them and say, "Well, didn't I just watch that a couple weeks ago?" With yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's fair enough. But okay, if we took the idea that maybe Wandavision and Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier would get a season two if we took that concept right there um okay i don't know where i was going with this however i definitely have loki lower than those two okay uh and the gap is quite significant however if you want to talk about individual episodes this episode was probably a well it's definitely a better finale i think maybe than uh no actually no i take that back it just had some really good stuff and that's unfair to say because it did a lot of build-up However, I really do like the characters of Loki and Sylvie. And I thought this finale culminated their stories for season one very well. I'll give them that for this finale. However, I definitely got it lower than the other two. And if I'm to be honest with myself, I probably have WandaVision at the top. But if I'm going to be super honest and bring in the other Marvel shows, nothing will ever beat Daredevil seasons one, two, and three. Daredevil for life. I'm done. Are you really going to stand Daredevil? Don't play this game. You know how great of a show Daredevil was. <laughs> Daredevil was good. Daredevil but... was fantastic. <laughs> Daredevil, right. WandaVision, Captain Falcon, Loki, everything else. I never finished Jessica Jones. Whatever. Okay. I'm done. Okay. Okay. What about everyone else? How do you run this up with all the Marvel shows we've had so far? Um, I will say one of Vision's on top. Uh, just because Scarlet Witch, or whatever her name is, uh, in the previous movie, in my opinion, she was just a background character. She was kind of useless. She was Quicksilver's sister. Quicksilver died. That was her story. And this show, that got me interested in the character. 
she went from being a nobody to kind of a badass right now. So I'm excited to see her in the next movie. And that's why I like Wonder Vision so much more. And the first three episodes were slow, but by the end of the show, we got an idea of what her power were like. We're like, oh, we can expect this as minimum from her. And we know we can expect so much more because she's going to grow when she learns how to control her power more. Uh, the Winter Falcon. Uh, Winter Soldier, Winter Falcon. <laughs> um, the Winter Soldier, now, man. Yes. The Winter Falcon. Uh, let's just go with that. Copyrighted. Uh, but for that one, it started off good, then fell off. And that was the mistake it had. And for me, I have to say it was a little bit better than Loki, just because Loki was such a pain at the beginning that the end did not justify it. Um, the Winter Falcon, a couple of the episodes, I can say half of the show, I was excited. The other half, I was bored. Uh, Loki, I felt like it was 50, it was less than 50-50. It was like there were a couple good moments in the show, but overall, the episodes were not amazing at all. So Wonder Vision, Winter Falcon, Loki. And of course, there's Luke Cage on top. That's way better than Daredevil or whatever other show you guys are watching. Are you going to stand Luke Cage over? <laughs> yes, my dude. We've been playing Halo 5, so I recognize the icon. Like, I got to stand this man. So, Luke Cage. <laughs> All right. All right. Luke Cage at the top. Absolutely not. But to each their it's own. It's okay. I mean, you're entitled to your incorrect yeah. opinion. So, yeah, move on. <laughs> he got you. <laughs> Which one got three seasons? Wow. wow. That's what I'm saying. Quality over quantity. Um, all the way true. through. I'm going to go ahead and agree with everybody else. Um, WandaVision, love it. I'm magic guy, so love it. So WandaVision, Winter Soldier and Falcon, they were great as well, you know? Like, it's hard to compare those two because two different tiers, very good, you know, series. But Loki just wasn't doing it for me, unfortunately. Like I, I guess I will be excited to see it in the upcoming, you know, saga. But for this series or you know this character development, I just wasn't really too much of a fan. Maybe it's because I already you know grew up watching Loki in the movies and like seeing him again in the series just wasn't really being like flushed out. We already saw him flushed out, so I'm like, man, it's okay. I. Do have to say like WandaVision and Winter Soldier are up there. Loki's a little bit farther down, but X Men the animated TV show is all the way up at the very top. So um, wait, which one? Evolution or the no? He's talking okay, the nineties one, right? That's an iconic theme song. That is an iconic theme song. I will not throw any monkey wrenches into the conversation. I will stick straightly to the three that we talk what's going to plan on doing in the beginning and one is at the top uh, it's no different one is at the top captain second and third is loki even though i i really do enjoy loki's um music i feel like it's very underrated i um, i do like it it's really right. really good and like ominous mm. i like it um they had a taller task of taking characters kind of what Tosi said taking characters that were really in the background and that weren't i mean yeah you have fans of respective characters but not major like major reasons why i would need to watch this show like you really have to tell a story to get me involved right and wanda blew me out the water first of all um it started slow but by the time it finished like the whole narrative the whole story the whole concept of it um i think puts it at at its peak and um with captain falcon and winter soldier i mean yeah we knew bucky but um, sam was a little bit of a joke not to be rude but he's a little bit of a joke before so 
how can you really convince me he's going to take the mantle of a Captain America? And I think they did a great job of doing that. And I think they've had a lot of great narratives and stories with that. I don't think the storytelling was bad for Loki. I, I think it's a, a decent show, but I, they played off a lot of the fact that we are, Loki's already a fan favorite character based on his charisma, based on Tom. He's already a fan favorite character. And though he did have development, it the gap between trying to convince somebody to watch Loki off the strength of what this show will be versus who the character is, I think hurt the uh, story a little bit. That and the fact they're having season two. I didn't know they were gonna have a season two, but that pacing and stuff really affected the overall um, themes and narrative of the story. I think they all have strong, solid stories that sit on their own, um, but I think execution wise, you just, you just had a taller hill to climb with the other ones and they just did a way better job with that gap um i think that they did with loki so okay and i mean a way you could say it was a blank slate too because those were new characters well i guess not new characters but like we didn't really get time for them to cook in the oven basically in their movies these were shows devoted to these characters and from there we got to see them grow and really see what makes them tick with loki yeah. we already know loki we we know what he develops into this is a new version of loki but at the same time, you know, we've seen enough of him. So we wanted to see them expand on his character in different ways. And in some ways they did, in some ways they didn't. So I, and we've I, seen I just, growth from Loki throughout right. the cinematic universe too. Right. So that, I mean, it just goes like with Wanda, you just, you kind of got mad at her because she was so powerful, but you, you kind of got mad at her a little bit by Endgame. And then Falcon, yeah, I got completely mad with Falcon, but that's just, a maybe that's just a personal thing. He just let me down for the longest, especially after he got his butt whipped from Ant-Man. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> he got whipped. I'm out. Fair enough. Dr. Rico. Yeah. Um, I think I, I differ a little. Um, I think Falcon's going to be the one that that's at the bottom. I was just, the finale... Oh is what really, for me, it's very much about endings. So okay. I'm gonna stick with the story, but it does need to be wrapped up in a way that makes sense to me. And I was just so disappointed in how quickly and how much they tried to put in there that I think a lot of us said when we reviewed it, it was just left kind of undone. It was like too quickly went, yeah, anyway, undercooked is right. I think what I was trying to come up with the metaphor anyway. So that one's actually at the bottom for me. And for WandaVision and Loki, there are things I like in both of them. I think what y'all have already brought up, it's hard to kind of compare because there are different stories. I did really appreciate with WandaVision that you are taking a character who have traditionally been on the sidelines and kind of making her a fully realized person in this universe with her own powers and her own journey um, in a unique way. Um, and then with Loki taking a, a bit of a side path in terms of trying to get to a new type of growth compared to what we've already seen. So trying to make something different out of what's familiar. Um, and I liked kind of what both of them did with that. Um, so I think I need to sit with it a little longer as far as like what I would put above the, which one's above the other one, but I, I liked what both of them were doing. And by the end, I'm liking kind of what they're giving me compared to how, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, end it. Um, and then I'm gonna just shout out Jessica Jones season one because it's great. Okay. I actually really liked okay. Punisher season one too. Just throwing that out there. Punisher well, season one was really good. Yeah, it, it was. Good seasons. And also, uh, Agents of Shield is very underrated. 
Like people didn't stick with it, but it was good. It just, you know, it was basically in its own little pocket of, of yeah. Marvel, but it was actually very good. So I enjoyed okay. the second season the best. Yes. I'm gonna throw it out there. I, I go to other people's opinions on Agents of Shield. I, I, I'm I'm personally never gonna watch it, but I do like hearing what people think about it. You know how during its run and whether or not it was good. But I hear good things. I hear good things about Agents of Shield. So, all right, that wraps up Loki, season one. We're finally at the end of our glorious purpose until season two. So with another glorious purpose, with another glorious purpose, we'll never see it realized because for all we know, it'll be a season three and then a four and then a five. It'll never end. It'll never end. But anyways, uh, let us know all of your thoughts in the replies or the comments or wherever you see a, a like a little dialogue box to type in whatever. Let us know your thoughts down below. Was this conclusion to Loki satisfying for you? Did the ends justify the means or did the means justify the ends? Let us know because I mean, we all have differing thoughts on this and I think we all come from really valid points. We all had our issues and I mean, season two needs to come out swinging. That's, that's my take on it. Season two needs to come in strong, but hey, if this is what was necessary for season one, fine. I'm all for it. So let us know your thoughts down below. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. We would greatly appreciate it. And don't forget to also follow us on all our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Yonko Table and at the Yonko Table. Be sure to type in both, but you should come up at Yonko Table either way. But with that said, I'm your host, Dr. Jace Attorney, Grandmaster Hoop, Supernova's Dars, Dr. Rika, Rose the Crafter, and Toasty, signing off. Take care, everyone. <laughs>